everybody. It's Dave Cadden, the Food Dude here, and uh, time for another episode of Community Table. And since the pandemic started here uh, a few weeks ago, we decided what we're going to do is just once a week, we're just going to use the community table to get people from the uh, hospitality community on here to talk about what's going on from the inside out. Uh, we're seeing a lot of things about the restaurant uh, through the through uh, media point of view. Myself, you know, reporting from the outside. Uh, on social media, there is absolutely no shortage of uh, opinion uh, about what's going on at restaurants uh, from, from the outside. But it's really important that the community understand what's going on from the inside. To talk about it today, we've got Jim Hopper, president and CEO of the Oklahoma Restaurant Association, and Bruce Reinhardt, who is chef and owner of Rococo, a couple of Rococo restaurants, and the Manhattan. Guys, thanks for joining me today. Thanks, David. Hey, thanks, Dave. Thanks for uh, asking us to be on. You bet, Jim. I appreciate it. And I know, you know, right now is a really important time for you. I'm, I'm certain I can say this with, uh, with confidence that the Oklahoma Restaurant Association has never had a mission as important as the one that's in front of it right now. Yeah, yeah I think that's uh, absolutely true. We get, um, we get feedback um, constantly from our members uh, that uh, have thanked us for the daily update this week that we have done every single day yes. since the end of March. Yeah. Uh, mid-March and uh, we pivoted very quickly to determine that our the, the best thing that we could do for the industry during this time is to provide as much information uh, that we could that we could push out and that's what we've tried to do. Give, give folks on the outside a little bit of an idea of the kind of information that you're trying to keep your member and, and how many also tell us how many members you have but how, how many people are, what kind of information are you sharing with them to try and keep everybody, you know, apprised? Yeah, we have, we have uh, approximately 1200 members uh, in the association, but I will tell you that early on, uh, uh, probably within a, just a few days, we made a decision that we were going to uh, push out the information that we shared uh, in our daily updates with everybody, all, uh, all restaurants, at yeah. all restaurants, everybody that was on our prospect list, every list that we could get get hold of uh, that were, were in the restaurant or the hospitality business, we shared that with them. We put them in our in our uh, uh, data bank to be able to push us out because we just determined everybody deserves to know this, mm -hmm. uh, and and it was such a, a scary time, and so we continued to do that. The other thing that we decided to do that was that uh, re regardless of, of, of anybody's uh, ability uh, to, to continue to be a member of the Oklahoma Restaurant Association, we, didn't, we decided that everybody was going to be able to remain a member, whether you could pay or not. So those are just a couple of things that we did um, that we wanted to, to, uh, to make sure that, that uh, everybody got the best information that they could. And the range of information that, that we have shared with people it has been um, very widespread. Obviously, early on, and this and this will continue. Uh, is here, here are links. Here is information on where you can go to apply for a PPP, PPP loan. Here's where you can go to apply for an SBA idle loan. Here's where you can go to um, uh, address this issue. Here's what you need to do to, uh, uh, when you've got an employee that needs to take time off, here's the, the, the frequently asked questions of what your obligations are, what your employee's obligations are. So it's been very wide ranging and uh, we've just tried to share as much of it as we can. Well, I know it's, I, I, I get some of those uh, myself and it's, I, 
it's re really valuable information. And for people on the outside, what it has to do with is, you know, what are the protocols? You guys came up with a, you guys helped put together a pledge. You got your membership together and put together a pledge that now everybody's trying to follow as best they can. Uh, Bruce, why don't you, you're a member. Why don't you take us through a little bit about, about kind of that connection between the ORA and yourself and how, and how it's manifested itself in the restaurant? Well, I can't thank Jim, his team, and the ORA enough for the information stream, the support, the resources. Uh, they've been tremendous in all their efforts, and both from a knowledge standpoint and a comfort standpoint, you know, trying to garnish some of that during this. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, like, I was in, in your restaurant for a little shoot the other day, and, and so protocols are in place, right? And we've all, we've all been over them before, but it's important that we continue to talk about it. You've got a di your dining room in particular, very socially distanced. Yes. You know, take us through some of the, the things that, that you guys are doing uh, just on a daily basis. Well, on a daily basis, you know, Rococo, Manhattan, we never left phase two. Mm -hmm. um, so we socially distance. We have markers that we use to move tables around to accommodate guests. Uh, we've been wearing masks, sanitizing stations, as single touch as we can with QRs for menus, condiments, things like that, that are continuously sanitized. Uh, and, and we've done our best to protect our staff and the community while we try to keep our business open. Yeah, and see, that's the thing I always try to emphasize. It's a juggling act. Every business, every industry is going through it to some degree right now. Our own industry and the media, I, I had a meeting just before this talking about some stuff that we're doing that was already in place before COVID hit. That was, that was a shift in the dynamics of our business that, that, you'll, that everyone will see as we go forward. And that's what you guys are being asked to do right now as the business is, you're asked to be doing two things, uh, stay alive, but do it with half, half the ability to make that work. Pretty much. Uh, and so what, and unfortunately, uh, because restaurants and bars kind of get lumped together and after our initial flattening or, and, and, the, and the spike that followed, a lot of the blame was left at the feet of restaurants very broadly. You know, sort of like, oh, it's all the restaurants and bars without any breaking down. Jim, I know you've done a little looking into this. What can you tell us about about that issue? Well, last week uh, I spent a, a, a good amount of time with uh, uh, my contacts at the Oklahoma City County Health Department. I'll just speak mm -hmm. to that in particular. Um, unfortunately, I think that uh, not think I know that that when restaurants and bars get lumped together and when restaurants are identified in graphs and pie charts of saying, you know, this is a quote, a hot spot, that's misleading. Mm -hmm. And uh, part of and it, and it's happening nationwide, but part of the, uh, my conversation with uh, some, some people that I know at the health department that I've known for years and years and years have said, said, you know what, we need to change the narrative for restaurants. Yes. When you do contact tracing, and I'm not a statistician, but when you do contact tracing, and they finally admitted last week, you can contact trace and, and, and uh, you, you, know, you can ask somebody, okay, you've tested positive, tell us all the places you've been. I've been to 10 places, I've been to church, I've been to daycare, I've had a, a meal at my home with 10 people that aren't related to me, and I went to a restaurant. They cannot tell you where you contracted that virus. So they, they do all that tracing. And I said, we need to get that message out. The, the, the second thing is the, 
we know for a fact that that employees in restaurants because of their demographics their age and their behavior when they're not working they like to get together they might like to go to a bar it's socialized contract yeah. virus but but here's the deal they do not work in a restaurant when they're sick or have been tested positive that's always been true that's right. you have to send those employees home uh, and that's what restaurants are doing everybody else has a mask on so you're not catching uh, a customer is not catching the no. virus at a restaurant. And yeah, we that's, got to change that narrative. That's that, and that's well. It's really important. And for weeks, been trying to make that point that even if someone who is infected handles your food, the chances of them sending that to your food are minuscule, and yeah. and not 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 just because they won't be at work. Because even if they happen to be at work before anybody knows it, that's not how this virus is, is, is usually transmitted. It's very rarely, in very rare cases, transmitted in, in, on, on any kind of surface even, really. It's even rare on surfaces, yeah. much less a food surface. The, CD, the CDC guidance defines exposure as within six feet or less for 15 consecutive minutes without wearing a mask. Restaurant servers don't do that. Right. They are not there for 15 consecutive minutes. And they're certainly not if you're picking up. Yeah, exactly. If you're picking up food, there's no way that, that so we're working on that. We're working on that narrative. Yeah, and so that and that so it's really important because here's the thing, guys. This isn't going to go away anytime soon. And and that's why I think it's so important we all get on get on here and talk, is because not it's I you know, I, I've been covering the restaurant business for 10 years now. And I know a lot of you guys, and so I can speak to this industry better than, <clears throat> pardon me, better than I can others. I know this is industry-wide for the, for the restaurants, but it's nationwide for all industries. Like you said, Jim, this COVID, everything is, effect, it's, everything is affected by this. Now, restaurants, we are, restaurants are on the front lines. Restaurants are absolutely on the front lines, and they employ, Jim, what's the number? How many, how, what's the, what, what is, are restaurants the number two employer in, in the country? I know they are in the state. They are in the state and they are, they are in the country. They're the, the, uh, the, the number two uh, uh, employer in terms of, of numbers of employees. Uh, Bruce knows this. I mean, the restaurant industry is absolutely labor intensive. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, the sales per employee are not very much like they are in a grocery store or car dealership or Apple or IBM. Uh, but, you know, it's just, it, it's, you got to keep your employees safe. You got to keep them uh, um uh, comfortable with being uh, uh, that you're doing everything you can to make it a safe place to work. That's right. The thing I think people get, uh, I don't know, prickly about it is the idea that, you know, there are people working during a pandemic and that is, that's just a hard truth that we're going to have to get used to not today, but for the next year or so that we are all working in the middle of a pandemic and there is going to be increased risk for everyone who is working right now. And if you happen to be in a, in a job where you have to work in close proximity with other people, your risk is gonna be even higher. And that's why it's even more important that before you take a job like that, you weigh all that and, and, and you take that into account. Because like you said, the restaurants themselves are doing everything they can to make sure it's a safe environment. And even that we know will not keep us safe from a virus that has no vaccine. So we're doing the best we can and we must, it's almost like we're going to be taken on water for a while and we have to learn to be safe or we have to learn to wear waders all the time. And a mask. 
Yeah, exactly. All it's like, sorry, folks, waiters are all we're going to wear now. You know, okay. If we can all, yeah, waiters in a mask, and we're that's the mask is the waiters, and so yeah. So so I know Bruce, you and I have talked about this a lot. This is a time certain kinds of restaurants are actually thriving during this time. Believe it or not, as as things have sort of settled. If you have a restaurant that was uh, specializing in takeout food, uh, have a drive-through, uh, sells pizza, or uh, you know just stuff that generally travels better than others, your business is not only uh, fine, but maybe even thriving. But that isn't most restaurants. Most restaurants have some amount of that. So Bruce, take us through some of the things that you guys have been doing at the Manhattan and Rococo to try and adjust for what's going on. Well, back when you know we were shut down, obviously everybody pivoted, yeah, uh, um, and did all kinds of creative ways to safely serve the public and you know stay open. Uh, uh, you know, we have done family meals and uh, a real emphasis on takeout and kind of structured a smaller menu so it translated better, carried better, you know. But it, it for Rococo. You know, it's not the first thing you think of when you're thinking right. about go. So, you know, the Manhattan, Disney and that gang down there has done a great job with box lunches and dinners, and it's translated well, and they've kept the place alive. You know, I've been trying to roll out a Rococo-style pizza. Uh, obviously, people think of pizza a lot when it's time to, you know, grab something to go or have it delivered. So we've developed that, and we're moving in that direction, and there's a couple of other things on the horizon. Um, but we've had to pivot like everyone else and, you know, it's been, uh, arduous. Yeah. Well, you guys are rolling out pizza right now. Yes. Yeah. It's a, and and that's a perfect example. It's you, when you, when you set up Rococo many, many years ago, I'm sure pizza probably crossed your mind. I have no doubt it crossed your mind. It did. And you made a conscious decision to not do that. Correct. uh, 14 (laughs) years ago now. Uh, and Almost 17. 17, yeah, there you go. And so and so here we are, and now you're having to, to go back on a decision you made that long ago and adjust. Yeah. That's, that's not a small thing, right? That, that, that doesn't just happen overnight. That is a major, major – that's an investment too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's been, you know, a, a challenge just to create something that's a little more unique and not your classic, uh, you know, something that, that says Rococo as well for, you know, for the brand. Uh, but does conform to the needs of... Correct. Yeah. You know, so we'll combine it with our love salad. It's a, it's a cool deal, you know, but there's, you know, you're trying to develop the product and the taste and the flair through all of this. Yeah, it's usually fun. you would take a while to do this, right? You know, right. You- yeah, I mean, we're, I've been working on this for, for a minute. And we're just now getting our feet under us, but you know, there's supply chain issues. There's disposable issues. There's finding the right box. I got some guy in the middle of nowhere going, yeah, if you buy 40 cases, I'll sell you some, you know, it's every time you turn around, it's something. Yeah. Jim, take you, you're in contact with a lot of restaurateurs. Tell us a little bit about what, what are you hearing? What are, what, what, what are some of the common themes you're hearing about the way people are trying to adjust right now? Well, um, I mean, there's no doubt that the that the restaurant industry has been impacted by uh, by the virus and about by the orders to close down and and quite frankly, 
uh, and this is all anecdotal, we don't track this, but I've talked to more than a few restaurateurs who said, you know, um, not only is this tough, but I have dipped into my personal savings. I have dipped into my 401k. I have done all the, and those are restaurants that maybe have, have got a PPP loan, but, um, uh, it, it, you know, when a PPP loan runs out, if you're still not able to right. serve people, then you got a cash flow crunch and it's heartbreaking. Some of those stories are really heartbreaking. Uh, people that have been around for a very long time have said, you know what, I haven't taken a salary. Uh, I, I had to lay off, lay off 700 employees the day after they closed my restaurants. Just the, the stories are endless about the impact this has had. Well, wow. yeah, I, it's now Jim, you're kind of plugged in. You're definitely plugged in with the national restaurant association. What is the latest? I know they've been, they've been working with Congress trying to get some further assistance, but what can you tell us? Anything? Sure. The, uh, <clears throat> you know, the, the, the news reports this weekend told us, and we all read them, said that uh, uh, Congress started last week. The, the, the Democrats in the House of Representatives have, have introduced their $3 trillion bill. The Republicans in the Senate, who are not all of one accord, right? the leadership, though, has introduced their $1 trillion bill. The White House is involved. Everybody said they left for the weekend. We know for a fact that, that negotiations continued this weekend, but there is so much diversity uh, of opinion. Uh, you've got conservative Republicans who say, look, you know, the, 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 the three trillion that we've already done is enough. Let's see how it works. But then you've got the, the, the UI insurance, the unemployment insurance, the extra benefit that runs out, ran out Friday. You've got all these desperate employees and people. So the, Something's going to happen. Uh, I'm convinced of that. I think uh, if nothing else, uh, they may, and this is just my opinion, gotcha. uh, but they may uh, uh, come up quickly with a, another uh, uh, opportunity for people to get a payroll protection loan, uh, even if you already had one. Um, as we know, that didn't work very well for restaurants the first time around because they had this time frame that just didn't work. Uh, people exhausted the money, but they weren't open yet. Right. Uh, and they did everything they could to try to get that to become a forgivable loan. So it's, uh, uh, I, I don't want to be pessimistic, but there, there are a lot of different moving parts in Washington, DC right now. And they, they need to get something done this week, uh, because supposedly they go on their August recess at the end of this week. So I think there'll be a lot of movement this week. Uh, but there's pushback also saying, you know what, we helped restaurants, right? We did a carve out on PPP. Uh, why should they get another carve out? Well, all we can do is tell the story of the devastation in restaurants nationwide and in Oklahoma have lost more employees and more revenue than any other industry in the United States. And it's not even close. Yeah. I, I, it's, I think it's it's important you say that because I think it's something that people kind of under in the back of their mind they probably know that, but it's real and it's true. And we're and we're at a point now where candy coating isn't going to help anybody, and we need solutions and we need progress. You know, and and and, and we need it at a time when when there aren't a lot of places you can reach to for hope for it. So it's on us to kind of figure it out. And like Bruce, rethinking the menu. There's a lot of people doing stuff like that, and you know. I, I mean, 
it's just going, it's, I wish I could say it's going to get better before it gets worse, but we can't be sure of that. And, and I guess what I'm trying to say is we have to be okay with that too. There are no failures right now. There's nobody screwing it. This is people doing their best and people are going to make mistakes and people are going to do the right thing. And the best thing we can do is try and, you know, whoever comes up with something that works, share that information and let's all work together to try and make it right. And when somebody screws up, let's let them know they screwed up, but let's move on. Let's move on because if we get stuck around trying to shame people on social media, then I'm, I'm trying to figure out how that helps either the pandemic or the economy. And I can't come up with a single reason. No. So, you know, with that in mind, um, you know, yeah. Oh yeah. One thing I want to talk to you guys about is, is opportunities. It's not like there is something that isn't, is or isn't happening right now. There is, the only thing that isn't happening is the, is the right solutions coming out. There's a lot of ideas. All right. One among them are the streeteries. All right. That we've seen in a lot of cities, Oklahoma city, the city of Oklahoma city put out some information in late June talking about this opportunity. Now, obviously in Oklahoma, it's a little hot in the summertime uh, for something like that. Um, now we've been lucky. It's, it's not been as hot as usual. Believe me, this last week was fantastic. Nevertheless, I could see why local restaurants would be a little reticent about jumping on something like that because it's hard to say how, you know, uh, street options are going to help you in the middle of summer here, but fall's coming and fall is my point is fall is coming and the COVID-19 is not going away. Is this something, talk a little, let's talk about like, this. are there other things like streeteries uh, to be clear are opening out uh, parking lot, uh, parking spaces uh, for outdoor dining. Bruce, you've got a little bit of a situation at the Manhattan that, that could benefit from something like this, right? Kind of. I mean, yeah. anyone that's blessed with a patio or the physical plant, wherever they're located to, mm-hmm. uh, to take advantage of that, I've been yeah. preaching to all of them. Uh, focus there. <laughs> and, you know, there's a local restaurant tour, great guy. And, and fortunately for him, he's got a number of patios. And months ago, I said, brother, focus on those patios. You, that's where you want to drive it while you have the season to do it. Um, and then there's some of us kind of like Rococo where we don't, you know, uh, that's yeah, you don't really that, have a street, a city street. In front yeah, of you. It's yeah. not available for us right now anyway. Yeah. Um, you know, but it's crossed my mind to just throw a tent up in the parking lot and off we go. Um, I'm all about the streeteries. If it's functional, safe, uh, that's a viable option. You know, it, it, it's something that should be pursued by anybody that can, in my opinion. Yeah. Jimmy, you got any thoughts on the streeters or, or any yeah. of the other uh, programs? You know, the uh, city of Oklahoma City, uh, in fact, just this last week, reached out to me. They've got a and I, I'm sorry, I can't tell you the name of the of the uh, of the organization, but they they've actually got money uh, right. that's available to help a restaurant, uh, you know, maybe build the little barrier that they need to have out there if they're going to take up part of the sidewalk that they don't normally do, or or they've got uh, you know to to block off if they get permission to to block off a couple of uh, parking spaces. <clears throat> So that the, the help is available, but you're right. I'm, I was thinking about this this morning. I mean, Oklahoma City and Oklahoma, I mean, we are such a, a motorized, yeah. you know, state yeah. that, you know, if you were to, if you were to, to drive down a, a street in downtown Oklahoma City and, and part of it's blocked off, people would probably get mad. 
about yeah, exactly. they don't understand, but 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 it's there. It's available. The other thing that we did, we did early on. We talked to the uh, the uh, Able Commission that you know that that uh, regulates the the service of alcohol, and they said early on when we were talking about expanding outdoor dining into parking lots and into to uh, 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 spaces that might be available to a restaurant, they said, "Look, Abel told us." And they don't usually talk like this. I love Abel. I've got we've got great friends there and a great relationship. But they said if a restaurant gets permission from a city to expand their outdoor dining, we will work immediately with them to be able to expand their license premises so that they can serve a, a bottle of wine or or a mixed drink out there where people where people are dining. And so that that was a good thing. That, yeah, that's fantastic. That that support, it's 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 so so important to get through something like that. So, guys, you got we've been talking a lot from the inside out, and and I'd like to close out by having you guys talk a little bit on how the diners can be of help to you guys. Uh, obviously, <laughs> you know, do business, right? Uh, buy lots of buy lots of food, buy as much takeout as you possibly can. Uh, dine out responsibly, wear your mask. Those are things that, you know, that, that we obviously need to pound and pound and pound. But are, are there any things that, that I'm not thinking of? What, what can, what, Bruce, you, you own a restaurant. What is the ideal customer to you? Oh. Besides, uh, besides having a thick wallet. Well, you know, <laughs> uh, I'll use just this past Sunday as an example, you know, a microcosm. So, you know, Sunday brunch, the pen location, we had a cool vibe. And people came in with masks. They were grateful. We were open. They were supportive. Uh, and it was a, a wide-ranging demographic. And, you know, I heard folks that said, yeah, I got to go from you the other night. Hey, I picked up some meals at Homeland. And there's a lot of folks trying to support us in different ways. So whether it's dine-in, carry-out, pickup, delivery, catering, you know, a lot of us are coming up with creative ways to do catering. Uh, I mean, we're doing a wedding and we got cool little self-contained units and it's going to be fun. Um, and I think outside of that business aspect, more positive focus on our industry you know, those that are compliant and those that are operating safely on the likes of social media, we would so welcome more positive attention as opposed to the negative attention. You have anything to add? Yeah, you know, uh, this is going to sound really naive and, and you've already said it, wear a mask, but you know what, just be kind. Right. You're going to go out. Um, this is not the time to 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 write a write a rating on social media that my that my pasta was cold or, you know, the, the server was rude to me. Be kind um, or and, and be generous uh, in your tipping to the employees, because with with with, you know, inside dining not being what it used to be in, in January and February and, and, and just, just be kind to them. That's how they make their living. Uh, and, and, uh, and also realize that, that because of the protocols that restaurants have always had, and they're doubling down on that now restaurant, a restaurant is a safe place to be inside and to dine. There you and go. That's the message. Indeed. 
Yeah, there you go. Well, that's perfect, guys. I appreciate you coming out, to, uh, coming on today to talk with us. Obviously, best of luck getting through this thing. I am certain we will be talking again real soon, but uh, that's all the time we got today. Thanks again, Jim Hopper and Bruce Reinhardt, and we'll see you next week on Community Table.